UT Tyler Radio, I'm Mike Landis. Texas legislators are more than halfway through their 140-day, 88th session. Thousands and thousands of bills have been filed, but which ones are getting traction? UT Tyler political science professor and co-author of the UT Tyler Polls, Dr. Mark Owens, is our guest. What is the headline on this legislative session right now? Right now, a lot of the legislators are feeling the crunch of their own deadlines to get legislation through their committees. So we're seeing bills move through the legislature right now, uh, and yet they haven't actually become law. So this is the idea, really, that midpoint that you just talked about. We're looking to see what bills are getting a lot of support, what bills are maybe getting 50-50 to support, to see if the speaker or lieutenant governor can be persuaded to see those bills all the way to a law. Well, now that's the next question, and that is, uh, are the priority items set forth by the governor and the lieutenant governor on track, off the tracks? Where are they? That's a good point. I mean, a lot of the governor's topics really were set into the budget, how he wanted to spend that surplus, which is there. And so I think collectively, a lot of his big items like border security or others are going to move after the budget to make sure that they can authorize the legislation that's set forward. Um, But he has things here, which at the same moment are looking at education savings accounts, because that's going to see what opportunities you have with the local property tax. I just talked to uh, Dr. Marty Crawford uh, recently of uh, Tyler Independent School District superintendent. And he was saying that, uh, you know, that while he spoke out, he and a number of superintendents spoke out the day before the governor came to do his pitch on that. And he says, you know, your polling says the same thing that we're seeing, and that is the majority of Texans would approve something like that. Yeah, the Senate Education Committee passed this bill out of the committee 10 to 2 uh, a week ago on, on March 30th. And one of the things that you get from this is that we saw details from the bill. Any student, if you're per student, $8,000 off of someone's property tax. Now, this would be the property tax that goes to the ISD. It's not going to necessarily touch the, the junior college funds or things like that. And it's going to be up to for each student. So I think that to this means that necessarily it doesn't mean no property taxes. If you were to go to a private school, the idea here is that the ISDs will get a certain substantial part of those funds as well. But people do get this choice. And When this moves forward, I think there's going to be more amendments to the bill from the floor. These are typically the kinds of bills that, you know, communities and people who are more interested in it because they're from a certain part of Texas. And this law is going to affect them differently in Dallas as it would Lubbock and how it would in Tyler. So this is a great opportunity to see what would happen. But I think it question still bears into what does it get paired with on the thought of increasing teacher pay or increasing some other state investments to those ISDs, knowing that this is going to create an uncertain capacity right now and what their budgets would look like to the future. That was one of the concerns that Dr. Crawford mentioned to me, and he was saying that uh, they're drilling down on on the idea of choice. And he said, we've got choice in TISD. He said, so it, it's it, for us, we're looking at it saying, so what's the issue? We are blessed in Tyler to have the different schools, which are magnets, and also the charter options that exist where we really do have a lot of excellent schools coming around. I think when you get outside of this and think that, you know, you have a couple privates and maybe just one public school option, um, that's where this really identifies a lot. In any place where there's no overcrowding in, in the largest cities, you know, this is something we saw from polling is that school choice is something that people are interested in if they're living in the highly populated suburbs of Dallas and Austin. And they might not have the capacity to live close to those magnets the same way we're able to move through traffic in Tyler, get kids to Caldwell, get kids to the... Uh, more athletic magnet, right? These are all easy things that are central to our town. 
Now, the other thing that uh, they talked about a, a great deal was the whole business of cutting property taxes and, and being able to take that lump of money. We talked about that at the very beginning. How do you think that's going to work out? Yeah, I would expect in this case right now, I haven't seen much talk of an actual check coming back to anybody. I think the, th- the future here is going to be uh, the change maybe in the homestead exemption that's allowed. And I think that's something that people have planned for immediately before because we've continued to have surpluses through the last couple of years. And that means that we might have a longer certainty of having more property tax relief to the future, but annually it will be less relief than you think about getting all the money back at one time. Don't look for that check in the mail. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Another issue that has been forefront in Austin is banning puberty blockers and hormone therapy for minors that identify as transgender. And there was a question about whether or not they would stop it for somebody who's already in process or how that would work. The modifications that we'll likely see are going to come from bringing in doctors or perhaps like a, an administrative directive, right? To give the governor, to give the state health department or whoever might oversee this more ability to make administrative law and choices that update things throughout time. In something like this where the legislature is wondering, how can we define this and where does something start and stop? They may delegate this to the executive branch and, and not necessarily to the governor, but to the governor's experts. How about the mandatory school library standard? We just saw the uh, ruling that came in Lilano in which a judge said, uh, hey, you took all those books off the shelves, put them back. Uh, what's going to happen with that, do you think? I think in this case, this is a real opportunity that um, with that decision, you see the first sort of protection about right, access to, to knowledge and learning. And in this case, that you know, if this was good enough before, one year ago, it might still be good enough for our schools. And... I think that there are certain opportunities where still to the governor and to the legislature, they've talked about maybe having more parental choice. It's still part of his parental bill of rights, but it might be just creating an avenue for parents to be in process of making an option, right? Or a suggestion of what book and maybe where it be placed. You know, I think in this case, it's less about limiting putting a book on the stack. The state making a standard. I, I'm wondering how that's going to play with local school districts. Mm-hmm. I would think that some of them are going to push back and say, hey, wait a minute, this is our school district. This isn't a state-run school district. As long as it's broad, right? In this case, there are a lot of books that fit into broad categories. Um, and so when you get in that opportunity, we still have like community decisions when they think about textbooks for college. I mean, some get proposed, but they certainly don't make it into our selective list and what we can choose from. Where's gambling right now? That one was uh, sort of a surprise. The, the after pushing back for years and years and years, finally in Austin, there's a there's talk about it actually taking place. Maybe casino gambling would happen. This is not something that's going to move forward on a party line vote. Um, the state House State Affairs Committee moved forward a bill about mobile gambling. So this would let you be on FanDuel or DraftKings and and do so when you're at the Cowboys game or the Mavericks game. It passed out of committee nine to three. The three objections were all Republicans. In this case, you have all Democrats in favor and most Republicans in favor. But Lieutenant Governor Patrick has not indicated any interest in moving forward on the bill because he says he can't get 21 votes to support it. Is he saying, I won't put forward something that doesn't have widespread support among Republicans. So he really might have 21 votes. He just doesn't have a full support within Republicans. And, you know, this idea. So if the bill passes, it's going to pass with Republican and Democratic votes. Our guest has been UT Tyler political science professor, Dr. Mark Owens. To hear this conversation again or to share it, go to KVUT.org. I'm Mike Landis for UT Tyler Radio.